Happy 420. Don't hate the smokers. Live your life. And don't judge others. You probably do things that they don't like too. So remember that. I smoke two joints before I smoke two joints and then I smoke two more. Hello and welcome to episode 389 of Under the Call of MS. This is a Wellness Wednesday episode that just happened to land on 420. April 20th, the big number for pot smokers day. Day many potheads celebrate and <laughs> party up and light up and enjoy their day. Wake and bake and party all day. Uh, I actually was saving some stuff, building some stuff for my 420th episode, which is right around the corner. And we're only about what, 31 episodes away from that one. So I was gonna. I was had some stuff put aside for it to research and go through. But since we have this just happened today, I'm going to talk about some of it today and go get rid of it and go over it. Uh, basically, yeah, I went over my MS specialist stuff with the other day, so... Not really much else to talk about about that. That was a quick appointment this time. Just waiting for my next round of Mavenclad, my DMT. That'll be starting up in August. Um, August and September will be my two weeks. I gotta take it. I get blood tests done in July to make sure that Everything looks good. Since my numbers are still low. According to my neurologist. So hopefully. My body will produce enough stuff to get those numbers up to where they need to be. So I can take my round two and get it out of the way. I would like to. like to get through it without any other problems and see where we go from there uh the way we're talking and it's sounding i won't be on any dmt after that at least for until there's some type of relapse or something happens well, i suppose it wouldn't be a relapse it would be a flare up flare up or a new issue that pops up, and then we'd probably go on to another DMT, but the way it looks, we're going to finish year two of Mavenclad, and then probably just go without, see what happens. Uh, but by then, I want to have all my other medications in a happy spot. So that's why I'm fo focusing right now on trying to get a few things I don't 
have taken care of, get those done and over with, and then hopefully, hopefully sit there and have a relatively lower number of medications. I think right now I have about 25 to 30 medications that I take every day. And I want to eliminate that. I'd love to get down to at least 10. <laughs> but, oh yeah, see what happens. Uh, I am going off, like I said, a lot of the oddball uh, over-the-counter things. Like the uh, omega-3s, the flax seeds, and stuff like that. I don't know if I'm going to keep doing potassium. I know my potassium numbers looked good on my recent blood test. I got a recent blood test for my health and wellness exam coming up on Monday, and I got the results yesterday and went through them all. There was one that one number that was high. I can't remember what it was. The rest were all in the in their good range, but I didn't get my vitamin D levels this time, which pissed me off. Don't know why they don't do that. I don't know if it's an extra cost that isn't covered as part of my health and wellness or something. I like to get magnesium numbers and all that, iron and vitamin E and vitamin B and all those numbers too, but I just don't know. I gotta ask what test I could take to get those numbers and figure that out. It's like right away, start podcasting. I'm already yawning. That's not helping. That's just gonna put everybody else to sleep too. So let's get to some cannabis talk. When it comes to medical cannabis, hey, there is. We are looking at, ah, shit. I thought I had a updated. Yeah, there's a list of the next states that are going to legalize recreational marijuana. It says 19 states, Washington, D.C., and Guam have legalized marijuana for recreational use by adults. Could there be more? Well, that's what we want to know. Several states such as Ohio and Delaware are mulling legislation to legalize recreational. Uh, even uh, We don't want to know about states that are mulling it. Connecticut became the 19th state to legalize. Uh, 36 states, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands have varying laws permitting the use of medical marijuana for different medical conditions. The 15 states on the list have 
either already legalized recreational pot use by it, but have yet to set up selling mechanisms, or they have legislation that is currently being considered. So that, that doesn't do no good for any of the states that don't have nothing going on. So that was a useless article to look at. I'm glad that that was in the headlines today. Thanks for giving us no information that's useless at all. That's useful at all. Dumbasses. All right. When it comes to medical cannabis, marijuana, the landscape of laws, loopholes, and innovations is ever-changing. So are the offerings available in dispensaries and even some smoke shops. How one intakes cannabis, either THC or CBD, can make a significant difference in the experience and the outcome. Uh, Depending on the state where you live, CBD and THC products may be abundant and available in a variety of forms and locations. THC and CBD cannabis flower concentrates and edibles are available in states where marijuana is fully legal. Keep in mind, not all products are created for medicinal use. Uh, Only a handful of states recognize medicinal cannabis laws from other states, which makes traveling with cannabis illegal and a challenge for medical cannabis users. But I do know states like California that are fully legal will allow you to get on a plane with whatever amount, a certain amount, up to a certain amount. And you're responsible for wherever you're landing, whatever laws you got to deal with. So watch that. You could get on with no problems and then get off with lots of problems. So be smart about it. You'll find it wherever you go so you don't have to take it with you. Just like any medicine, dosing and how you use cannabis is an important factor for your well-being. The various strains of the cannabis plant are not made equal, depending on what is available. Using a very specific strain or a variety of strains may be appropriate. Also, when and how you intake cannabis, the flower or the oils, can have significant effect on your overall health. I think they should also... Add edibles to that la- that list. And you could actually add certain types of uh, like a tar. You could call it a tar, I guess. Different people have different responses to cannabinoids. The product and ratios of CBD to THC and the route of administration, inhaled forms of marijuana tend to work more quickly, while oral products may last longer. The same dose of a cannabinoid could have different effects depending on how it is consumed. For example, 10 milligrams of THC used in an inhaled form will tend to give a higher peak concentration, but shorter duration of effect than tell. 10 milligrams of THC taken orally. Uh, 
I you also gotta look. Edibles can take an hour to two hours, or maybe longer, maybe shorter, to affect you. Uh, smoking it, you'll feel it instantly, uh, within within seconds. Uh, the tinctures are quicker than edibles, in my opinion. In my experience. So they can hit you within a half hour. In my experience. Uh, the thing we have learned is that smoking it can. The heat from it can cause inflammation issues. With people with MS and other chronic issues. Of, that are related to inflammation problems. So take that into consideration. You don't want to exasperate your lung area, warm up that area, and then have MS hugs that just go off all of a sudden and start to aggravate the MS hug area. Um, but then again, it's, in my opinion, the best form of of getting the medication to you instantly and quickly. You can take a pill from a prescription and that's going to take a half hour or longer to affect you, or it could be time release related or whatever. And that's not a good thing. You're not, you don't like waiting to deal with your pains. Uh, you want to get up and go for the day and get your day going and over and don't want to sit there and wait to feel good enough to get up and moving but there are other options you can use a volcano fill a bag and that way it's the smoke is cool to the touch when you inhale it because you can let the bag sit for a bit uh there are ice-related items to help cool it down, the cool the vapors down after it, it's got to be heated to activate it, and then you can cool it to get the effect you need. Uh, so take those into consideration, and don't just go out there and start ripping bongs <laughs> and not expect to have some of your MS issues amp themselves up along with helping some of the MS issues <laughs> from the release from the THC CBD combinations. Each modality can have a different effect and duration rate, which depends on several factors, mostly how the ind individual metabolizes each modality the severity of condition and other medications in the patient's system. I don't know what medications would uh, conflict with cannabinoids. I've never heard of any that directly are affected by it, so I'm curious about that. And I don't like when doctors just put out those type of things without some type of evidence. 
It's like when you're saying things that you feel or that you think might be true and you don't have something to back it up. That's not good. That's not putting the information that we need to have out there, out there. But let's see, they may come up with something else in their report that might prove me wrong, but I just, I don't know of anything that I've ever heard that uh, has issues counteracting with the THC CBD cannabinoid receptors in our systems. So... Let's see if they have anything for us to consider. Overdosing when using cannabis can feel very uncomfortable. In severe cases, uncontrolled coughing, vomiting, and elevated blood pressure may occur. Having someone with you can make using cannabis a safer experience. Unlike other medicines, a cannabis overdose is not lethal but can still require a call to 911. If you are not familiar with how THC cannabis will make you feel, or you've started using a new strain, consider having a caregiver or a friend with you, especially if using edibles, as the effect of the medicine can last up to six hours and could be very intense. It's basically just a hyper high, just a... Freaked out, you think something's wrong, but you're just basically over, oh, how you say, you're overly stressed, you're, uh, uh, the words aren't coming to my brain right now, they'll come up. But basically, it's, you just start stressing out and your mind wanders and takes things to a deeper note and it's your body reacts to it. and Just, just got to sit there and relax, breathe it out, and tell yourself that no one's ever died from this. There's no reason to worry about this. It's like, it's just stress-induced fear, but yeah, you're okay, you're all okay, just relax, a cautionary note, the smoke from THC cannabis can get not only the user high, but could affect others in close proximity, please consider your environment and others around you, especially children and pets, when vaping or smoking THC cannabis. And this is something new that I've learned also. CBD for pets. Be careful with. You can overdo the CBD for pets and cause them a bunch of issues because of it. So just give the small dosage, single dose that's recommended and don't sit there and give it to them throughout the day a bunch of times unless they're having a lot of problems and they might need it more of it but you can definitely overdo it and cause more harm than good to your animals and they can't tell you so watch what you're doing 
And don't just do stuff because you're told by someone that it's good. It's all right for them. It's not. They have to. They have problems with dosage just like a human does. So take that into consideration. There are four modalities for consuming cannabis. There's vaping, smoking, tinctures, suppositories, edibles, and topical transdermal. Mm. I don't know if I'm trying to think of any other versions. that there are that sounds about right uh vaping the cannabis flower not oil concentrate may be more kind to your lungs rather than smoking a joint or vaping oil vaping the flower heats the plant materials so only the trichomes can burn off this also eliminates the use of the gas, the butane, that is used in traditional lighters, which I don't, never found any direct effect information of the lighters, but it always made me wonder, because you're inhaling that gas constantly every time you light up, so... Not sure what that really does to the system. I should see if there is any research put out there. There should be. They should talk about it more if there is any problems with it. But, well, there are ways to avoid having to use gas lighter or matches. Yeah, check my timer here. Yeah, we're getting down there such as USB powered lighters or a piece of hemp string, the paper and smoke can be harsh and cause a person to have a coughing fit or irritation. Other options for intake are vaporizers, glass or wood pipes, water bongs, and an apple. Yes, an apple. Anything that you can carve, you can turn into a pipe doesn't have to be an apple. It could be any fruit. But for some reason, the apple is the distinct one. I mean, pears work great. There's <laughs> just a variety of fruits you could use. Uh, people used to, I don't know if they still do or not, smoke banana peel for some reason. Never seen the effect or the purpose of that, but. Vaporizer pens can be user-friendly to handle, but also technically challenging. They require regular cleaning and a power source. Typically, vaporizer pens come with a battery and are charged using a USB port. Some very large vaporizers, such as the Volcano, require being plugged directly into a wall socket. Well-functioning vaporizer pens are priced between $30 and $75 for pens that either vaporize flour or oil only. 
These tend to be smaller with fewer functions, shorter battery life, and hold less material. A vaporizer pens that can use both oil and flour, not at the same time, can cost from $50 to more than $300. These often have temperature control, longer battery life, and depending on how often you need to medicate, they hold much more material. Um, water bongs are also an option, but not travel friendly. They are the grandfather of vaporizers and use water in the base to take away the harsh smoke of the cannabis flower. Most bongs do not allow for regulated intake and can be difficult to dose. They are usually made of glass and can be cumbersome. Water bongs also need regular cleaning. They do and they don't. <laughs> There's a lot of people that will pull out their bong and it's just cake full of crap. <laughs> it's like, really? You can't wash it out once in a while? Clean all that sediment that's sticking to the sides, all the tar. All the tar boogers. Uh, ah, shit, I just had something in my mind I wanted to talk about. I lost it. Oh, dabbing. Uh, the bongs have become the new dabbing tool now. Where you take your glass bong structure and heat the bowl up. And then touch the dab oil, the dab tar, the dab crackle, the dab sediment whatever type of dab that you kid it you pick up you just touch it to the side and it instantly turns into smoke as you suck it in uh i don't think you have to have a specialized dab rig they show them and they don't look any different than a bong other than maybe having an extra chamber or two but the effects are all the same, so I think you can just take a regular bong, or as they have small ones now that are only like six inches, six to twelve inches. So you don't have this huge four foot bong you gotta pull out from behind the couch every time you want to rip one. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Dabbing has become the big thing the past probably 10 years. And it's, they have specialized rigs. They even have handheld little vaporized style units that you open up, fill and with your dab concentrate and then go around throughout your day smoking on that. Uh, but you don't want to heavily concentrate it because you'll burn out the coils. You got to be careful of that too. Because you usually want to put a little bit in at a time and burn it up and add more to it. But yeah, dabs have advanced quite a bit over the years. You just don't hear them talk much about those nowadays. Uh, let's see here. Where was I? Is this a new page? Oh, we'll find out, I guess. 
knowing how you are going to integrate and medicate is good to think about before making a purchase. Not all vaporizer pens nor bongs are created equal. Look online for reviews and do research. Find one that works well for you. Consider all aspects, including how best to clean the device. The resin from the flour or oil can gum up the inside of the pen and make it inoperable. YouTube has a good number of unboxing videos to show you how the pen, bong, or device can be used and cleaned. Depending on dosing and how often you might intake cannabis, these can be helpful options for some patients. Uh, you can clean a lot of stuff just with rubbing alcohol, little alcohol wipes, stuff like that. They have THC cleaning uh, bottles of cleaning liquid that you can get now. You just put a little bit in your device and it just totally cleans it out. Just, It's awesome, the stuff that they have nowadays. Also, with odors and stuff like that, they have wonderful uh, odor-reversing sprays that you can get out get nowadays, too. So look into those if you need them. But I'm running out of time on this segment, but we will get back with more stuff right after this. Okay, let's get to some more 420 talk. Having a fundamental understanding about edibles will serve you well. Anxiety. That's the word I was trying to think of earlier. When you think you're overdosed or you're too high, it can just cause anxiety and stress you out and make you worry about something you don't have to worry about. Having a fundamental understanding about edibles will serve you well, especially for dosing. Know that edibles, gummies, cookies, or chocolate, there's way more than that. You can get popcorn. You can get every type of candy and food you can think of. They have packaged nowadays. Just soups and cotton candy and all kinds of stuff. Uh, They last about six hours and can be much more potent. Like other digested medicines, cannabis can take 45 minutes or longer before you begin to feel the effects. Ask your medical team. Learn how dosing works for what you want to intake and discuss other possible concerns. It's like it said earlier. Dose with a friend. (laughs) It's probably your best. If you're new to this, don't take, don't do it alone. Those with somebody that's used to it and can be there to help you through it. They may or may not join with you, and just may just be there for support to help you all along the way. And that's the best way to really look at it. I mean, there are so many different types of edibles out there. It's just some of them are so damn good, it's hard to eat just one little tiny piece. It's like some pieces of chocolate you got to break into like four, six, or eight little pieces and try and just have one of them. And then you get high and forget about it and have another one. 
than another one. Uh, and that can cause stress and anxiety if you get too high from overdosing. Uh, consider that a joint is one gram, 1,000 milligrams of cannabis. If you smoke or vape 10% of it, 100 milligrams, you will feel the effect immediately, and it might last a couple hours. This is also known as a head high. Now consider the same percentage, but concentrated in a cookie or gummy. If you eat the whole thing, you might need to cancel any plans you have for the rest of the day. Edibles and concentrates tend to have a lower amount of cannabis, 5 to 10 milligrams, because the effects from being digested last much longer and give you more of a body high. And yeah, your average edible you'll see out there will usually be 10 milligrams is the standard. That's a very popular number. I get blocks that are 500 milligrams. I get individual things that are broken into like 50 milligrams. Because of higher dosage, the usage, the experience and stuff, it just takes more for someone that's been around it longer. So you got to take those those into effect, those thoughts. Uh, Delta-8 is a form of THC that is found in small amounts in some strains, but is commercially derived in bulk using CBD isolate and converting it to D8, which requires using environmentally harsh and unhealthy chemicals, such as hydrochloric acid. Some states are now looking into banning Delta-8, while legal questions arise about efficacy, medicinal use, and overall product safety. You won't get higher or feel better by taking more cannabis than is recommended. Usually the opposite will occur. You'll just end up with a bunch of anxiety and stressing out. Thinking you're way too high. Should I call someone? Do I need help? Should I go to the ambulance? Should I call the cops? No, you should not. Get a hold of a friend that knows what you're going through. And have them talk you down. In my opinion, is the way to go. Or just lay down and take a nap. Uh, most importantly, be gentle with yourself and use cannabis responsibly. Just take your time and be careful with what you do. See how it affects you and how you feel. Whether or not you're going to have any major issues along the way. You may or may not like the effect you get from it. It may or may not help what you're looking for. There's so many different types out there. You got your indicas, your sativas, your uppers, your downers. Your daytime, your bedtime. Some will give you super munchies. Some you may not get the munchies at all. Uh, it's not necessarily that you will get the munchies and stuff like that. A lot of the things you've heard about cannabis over the years isn't necessarily true, especially nowadays with all the different types and varieties out there. 
so yeah. If you want to try it, try it. If you don't, don't. Don't feel pressure pressured to do anything. Uh, I personally get better results from it different types of forms than I get from any type of prescription drug that I've been on. I've everything from headaches to body pains to fatigue issues to sleep problems, spasticity issues to cognitive issues and there's so many different things that different strains and different types have helped in different ways but the problem is is getting the country to get their head out of their ass and get it legalized across the board so at least medically so people can get the strains they need and the different types of items that they need instead of just going out on the street and getting a baggie full of who knows what or some edibles that aren't even registered by a regulated company or anything like that. And that's the problem with society this day and age. They will definitely give you prescription drugs that have a ton of side effects, including death. But to this day, we're still fighting a drug that was legal before the 60s and has medicinal properties showing all the way back to what, 3500 BC was the thing they, somewhere, I don't know, really, 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 really long time ago. That they have proof that it's been used by people medicinally, and we still can't accept it that it's okay to use it for people that want it so they don't have to suffer as much and go through tons of pain because their prescription medications aren't doing shit for them. And anytime they ask for anything for help, Pain-wise, a lot of times they're looked at as someone that's uh, got opioid-style problems. Someone that's uh, chronically addicted to pain meds and stuff like that. It's like, no, we're just looking for fucking help for the pains that you won't let us cure with other means. And... A perfect example is when I went to my MS specialist and I mentioned a couple types of medications for drug, for uh, pain and for fatigue issues and stuff like that. And they said, well, the pain patch you're on right now is prescribed by your PCP, which was prescribed because my other neurologist disappeared on me and we didn't get to that point of the appointment where I needed him to prescribe something but I like to work on certain issues and work my way up 
to other issues with my doctors instead of dumping everything on them all at once because they just get that glare in their eyes where they're not listening and nothing gets settled and taken care of. I feel it's easier just to talk about a couple different things at each appointment and go from there and build things up. And then once we get everything taken care of, then we can work on fixing everything that's not doing its job or whatever. But instead, now, thanks to the dumbasses that gave opioids out like candies, can't like suckers at appointments. It's like you walk into three doctors in one day and go home with three different uh, oxy-style prescriptions by the end of the day. And they don't even know that I'm tripling up on my medications. I didn't do it. I know people that have, though. I know people that were so addicted, they'd go to the bar and try and buy people's medications. And then once people found out they could sell each one of their pills for 10 bucks a pop and they get a 90-day prescription and their 90-day prescription cost them under 15 bucks, and then they go and sell those 90 pills, 10 bucks a pop, that's 900 bucks that they put in their pocket. And yeah, they keep a few for themselves <laughs> to get through the pain, but it makes pain a lot less painful when you got that extra money in your pocket. And then they can go out and get other drugs that help them with it. And that's where heroin became so popular and other things. Crystal meth, crank, all these other drugs that are just as bad, if not worse, than opioids. And society just allowed that because they're so, they are so ignorant. They won't listen to the patients. And what we're asking for is not as lethal, not as deadly, not as bad for the body as the shit they want to just hand out like candy. And we're the ones that are looked down upon. We're the ones that (laughs) are the bad guys. I just don't understand. This world is just so ass backward. I hope there are multiverses. (laughs) So I can maybe someday see what a better multiverse looks like. A better world looks like. It's in a different multiverse or whatever. But hey... I'll I'll just read about them in my comics. But yeah. Someday. Our world's going to wake up. We're going to quit trying to kill each other with weapons. We're going to quit trying to kill each other with medications. Our doctors are going to listen to us. Uh, It's like even our doctors have left us. Now we have nurse practitioners. That have taken over all the doctor's positions. I, I don't know. It's time for a huge change in the healthcare system. It's got to happen. It's got to get be done with. We got to open our eyes. Wake the fuck up. Start taking care of each other.
in a way that we're not destroying each other. I'm sick of having to take blood tests to check my liver counts to see if the medications I'm on are destroying. It's destroying different parts of my body. It's like, obviously, if you're checking me once, twice a year to see if these parts of my body are dying from the medications you're giving me, then there's probably a good, very, very, very good chance that they will eventually destroy that part of my body and then I'll be on some other medications that destroy something else to try and fix that issue, which you won't be able to fix because it'll be too late because too many medications that destroyed it. Okay. And then talking about that, just I'm not getting nowhere. <laughs> uh, let's end this little bit of time we have left. I guess we could talk about multiple sclerosis, chest pain. Since smoking the cannabis can aggravate certain types of chest pain issues and stuff like that because of the warmth of the herb. Uh, Multiple sclerosis patients have been known to experience MS chest pain. This multiple sclerosis chest pain is also known as the MS hug or the girdle band sensation. The MS hug is typically described as an MS chest pain, but the truth of the matter is that it can be felt on the chest or on the abdomen. It can also be a one-sided pain or one that encircles the patient's torso. I was going to say, it can go all the way around the chest and the abdomen and basically the whole upper from the waist up waist to your shoulders you can feel tons of pains it can feel heart heart attack related but end up being just the ms hug but trust me it feels exactly like a heart attack is happening or your chest is going to explode or something's definitely wrong inside your chest and you go get all your tests done you're sitting in the er just paid well for me it's 90 bucks to walk into an er and then you go through tons of tests and then get told everything looks good can't figure out what it is you mention MS hug and it's like they don't know what the hell that is. And it's starting to get more acknowledgement nowadays, but yeah, a lot of people have no idea what that is. And you'll be sitting in the emergency room and then a lot of times they'll keep you overnight just in case because of the things you were telling them sounds heart related. And then you get sent home. Or you get put on corticosteroids, steroids. And then a month later, you get a bill in the mail for all those tests and everything that you didn't need. That you, did, you tried to explain to them that you didn't need. And they refused to listen. And by then, it's too late. Your insurance is getting charged, so you're getting charged. Not much you can do about it after that. Uh 
as with many symptoms of MS, an MS hug may have no apparent trigger. Medication and self-care can help prevent symptoms or reduce pain and discomfort when they occur, which I disagree. Uh, you, I don't think you can really do self-care that's going to and medication that's going to keep you from getting it when it happens. When it happens, it happens to me. It doesn't play around. I can be doing anything, and it can. I've had it through every phase of anything, and I just don't see how any self. I'd like to know what self care, what medication they're offering, but maybe they'll talk about it in here. Multiple sclerosis is a disease of the central nervous system, which yeah, we know all that stuff. Uh, MS stems from a problem with the immune system that causes it to attack the healthy nerve fibers and myelin. Uh, when MS causes damage to the nervous system, a person may experience many different effects. One of these is feeling is a feeling of tightness around their torso, hands, and or feet. This is an MS hug. This tightness can feel like a band has been placed around the chest and can be described differently on a case-by-case basis. People also refer to an MS hug as banding, girdling, or an MS band. MS hug symptoms is a feeling of pressure around the chest or abdomen. The specific feeling may vary from person to person, but it will usually feel similar to having something wrapped tightly around the torso, like a gorilla hugging you or bear hug, or just being crushed tighter and tighter. Uh, I can sometimes take sips of cold water and it'll give me light bits of relief release for a second or two and then it just starts instantly tightening again and I just keep constantly sipping and sipping they've let me take bottles of water with me in the ambulance ride thankfully because I told them it's the only relief I can get and if I don't it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse to the point that I don't know I don't the longest I've gone was probably about 10 minutes in a car trying to find a place where I could get some water as soon as possible. And by the time I got to a drive through where I could get some water, it was so painful I could hardly even move in the car, more or less drive up to the drive-up window. I was in tears and pain and just worried something severe was going to happen heart-wise before I did get any water to sip in. By the time I do, it was so painful. It wasn't giving me much at all of a release. But you just keep doing it, working it, massaging it, rubbing it, doing whatever you can to it, and just hope like hell. I had the two weeks in the ICU with it, which... 
They say it was an aortic dissection. I say it was an MS hug to this day. I don't know. They got the scans. They got the paperwork. They put what they want on it. But I can only say what I believe everything is. And if the doctors don't want to listen to me, all I all we can do is do what they tell us. We have to go through the test and all that. But MS produces a wide range of symptoms that vary between individuals. A person may experience some of the following alongside an MS hug. Tiredness, muscle weakness or stiffness. Difficulty walking, vision problems, numbness or tingling. Additional problems may also occur, such as bladder and bowel changes, tremors, and depression. <clears throat> A lot of times when my hug gets really bad, yeah, I go into tremor mode. And of course, there's depression and all that shit with it. And bladder issues are a bitch to go with it because... Yeah, go to the bathroom really bad, but you just really can't fucking move, and you're trying to get to the bathroom, and but then it's too damn late. Better off just fucking diapering up or something, and just riding out the hug, and not having to deal with the bladder and bowel problems along the way. But yeah, there's lots of side effects that can mix in with the hug and make everything even worse. And more disgusting. Just, uh, it's just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life we live. Uh, the most common sensation is the feeling of pressure on the torso or around the chest or abdomen. Symptoms can occur in the hands and feet. The person may feel as though they are wearing tight shoes or gloves when they are not. An MS hug can also affect the arms, arms, legs, and even the head. It may affect only one side of the body. People with MS, it's like I'm a right side tipper as far as my gait goes, but I'm a, more of a left side pain person. Uh, more of my issues are on the left side of my body than the right side, but it's just so weird how that works. But most of the time, when it comes to a hug and stuff like that, it's both sides of the body for me. Rarely is it just one side. No, I can't say that. My left side is the more prominent side when I do have it. Just in the like the upper chest area, it would be in the left side. And, of course, that's instant heart thinking. So that's why... I, Originally got worried before I got my MS diagnosis, and of course the doctors instantly pushed it right to that also, and when I did mention anything like MS, I just got ignored. Uh, people with MS may describe the sensation in different ways, ranging from tickling or burning to squeezing or crushing. For some people, it can be extremely painful and make it difficult to breathe. An MS hug may last for a few seconds, or it can be a constant sensation for many months or years. The length of the sensation may vary. <clears throat> uh, some causes are dysthesia, MS symptoms, MS damages the nerves and affects different body and brain functions that the central nervous system controls 
Early symptoms of MS may include intermittent tingling sensations. The medical name for this sensation is dysesia, which comes from two Greek words that translate as abnormal sensation. An MS hug is is an example of dysesia. It can occur as a result of temporary impairment of the nerve cells in the spinal cord or the brain that relay information about physical sensations. This damage can prevent these nerves from sending messages. Muscle spasms can also result in an MS hug. For example, the intercostal muscles are small muscles between the ribs that help move the chest in and out as a person breathes. If a muscle spasm or small involuntary muscle happens, it may cause a stabbing pain or a tightening sensation. I had one doctor for the longest time that told me it was because I have a muscle caught in between my rib cage, and this happens every now and then. Now I know differently. Uh, people with MS who experience the sensation of an MS hug for the first time should contact a doctor and try to explain how it feels. The doctor will want to know how long it lasted. If it started suddenly or gradually, you can keep records of all this stuff to help explain anything you need to. What activities made it better or worse? Whether it prevented regular activities or sleep? A doctor may also want also want to know what kind of pain a person has experienced. Pain descriptors may include sharp pain in the sides, a burning sensation, tightness or a pressing feeling, a tickling, uncomfortable sensation. So they do have anticonvulsants like gabapentum. There's antidepressants such as amitriptyline. There's over-the-counter pain relievers containing acetaminophen such as Tylenol. There's baclofen, gablofen, there's tizanidine, which is Xanaflex, which blocks the impulses that cause muscles to tighten. So you can try different things like that. Uh, and at-home management techniques like wearing tight clothing, applying heat, avoid triggers, wearing loose clothing, relaxation. It's like everything's like, try this or try that. Uh, another thing with sciatic and stuff I mentioned, I'm going to quickly throw this in for uh, time, but ice for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or however long you want to go, and then heat, ice, then heat, ice, then heat, just confuses the muscles. It's a good thing to try. It helps with sciatica. It could probably possibly help with a hug also, but we're running out of time. Hopefully you enjoyed our little 420 episode. I know I wasn't upbeat and stuff, but got you some information out there. And we'll get back to you again tomorrow with probably a normal comics and health episode. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shadow monster. We'll talk to you again soon. We're running out of time, so we got to go. Bye-bye.